Hello and welcome to Dip Dive, a podcast where we discuss movies and television, letting you know if you should dive in or dip out. I'm your host, Gozar the Gozarian. Hmm. Okay. Along with my co-host, Vince Clortho, the Keymaster. All right. I'm here for that. And our trusty pool boy, Zool. I'm the Zool boy. The gatekeeper. <laughs> Zool boy. <laughs> Zool boy. So uh, in today's deep end, we'll be discussing Ghost mu- uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, but like always, before we dive into the deep end, we're going to discuss the uh, hang poolside, discuss some things. Uh, kind of Ghostbuster related theme show today. Real Buster episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be kind of just talking about our love for them for the Ghostbuster franchise, I guess. Um, we're going to do our own recruiting of our ideal Ghostbuster squad. Oh, hey now. And this is still working on the title, but Ghostbuster trivia. Why is it called? Why is it called that? Well, just because, you know, ghost. Because you're scared. Yeah, Scooby-Doo style. But guys. I'm sorry, I, st- I still can't get over how bad the title is of the credits. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, I was also thinking... Um, We're just spitballing here. Who are you going to trivia? Is that a good good thing? I'm trying to, like, trivia names. Um, yeah. Trivia makes me feel good. I like that one the best. Okay. Yeah. Trivia makes me feel good? Bustin <laughs> makes me feel good. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> trivia makes me feel <laughs> What? Come on. So I went with ghost trivia. All right. Jeez Louise. Tough customer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but guys, before we get into it, and sorry if you hear the dog in the background, um, we have some mail. What? Yeah. We have, you know how at the end of every episode, Ian says, if you have any questions for anything for us, reach out to us at dipdivepod at gmail.com. We got one. We got one. Who's it from? Uh, well, let me read the, yeah. the the email here. There's a little, there's two paragraphs, so bear with me here. Yeah, um, and it's all negative against Mike. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quattro Formaggio writes in the episode on the card counter. You talked a little bit about rating systems. I love the concept for the show being a simple yes, dive in, or no, dip out. But what I want to ask for your opinion opinions on is what is best uh, use for other systems? Like what topics are best for rating out of five versus ratings out of 10? Which do you prefer? Um, And then he goes on the right. So keep that question in mind. Um, I think about this a lot every now and then. We often count to a 2.5 rating out of five as the middle of the road or a rating if five out of 10. However, in these situations, we often see a minimum rating of one. If you think about it, on a scale of 1 through 10, the median rating would be actually 5.5. And And a 1 through 5 rating, the median would be 3. Do you guys ever think about this? And do you ever give a 0 rating when the rating's out of 5 or 10 or what? So it's just basically asking about kind of like what we think about rating systems, which we prefer, and maybe um, what the ideal middle middle point might be, depending on the rating system. A lot of math and numbers going on. Yes. It's interesting because I get what he's saying with the median of being a 5.5. Um, for example, and I'm kind of going off topic or on the topic of numbers, but in a lot of countries around the world, if you ask them, what number is between one and nine? They would say three because 
three is three times greater than one, and nine is three times greater than three. Mm. Once again, this is not like the the topic that we want to talk about, yeah. and I could talk about math for quite a long time. Nerd. But uh, thank you, Quattro Formaggio, for uh, that 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 little email there. So yeah, what if you're if you're picking your rating system, what's your ideal rating system? I mean, usually. I would go one to 10 for a while, but lately what I've been doing is going by grading. Um, And I know a lot of YouTubers that I watch these days, they do tier lists nowadays where they'll put things in like S as the greatest, then A, B, C, D, E, F. And that's what I've been doing. um, I guess in my head with movies to me, it's, it's the simpler, it's the simpler way. What does Um, S stand for? uh, S is just a rank above a, and yeah. Um, it's like a, I don't know if it's a legit military thing, but I know they use it for Metal Gear Solid ratings in in video games and things like that. So, yeah. Um, so that's, that's what I, that's what I go for. I I know like the number, the number system, you could rank these out of a hundred out of 10 out of five. I just like using the letters, um, as far as, and I don't know if this was part of his question, but like, how, how do we decide? So yeah, I think just he knows like how we do on the show, but okay. just in general, like in your in your life. Um, so if you're doing letters, what's the middle for you? Um, I mean, C is average, yeah. like across the board. Like, you know, that's hmm. that's what I learned in school. You know, you have B's above average, D's below average. Um, I thought the part of the question was how do we decide if we dive in or dip out on something? But this is more this is more technical. Yeah, uh, I keep it simple with letters, and C is average. What about you, Mike? Uh, my rating system is very autobiographical. Like I have no, it's it. There, I have no defined system. Uh, for me, it's more like uh, I go back to my original rating system that I always talk about, which like I will go see this movie again in the theaters. I will not, but I'll watch it at home. I will, you know, and like it goes back to like when I purchased DVDs, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to buy this DVD when it comes out. Uh, so I don't really have a system for like, I kind of go by like, I'm glad I saw this movie. I'm not glad I saw this movie or I will go see this movie again. I will watch this movie again. Like watching this movie twice in the theater would be like, I saw Dune twice in the theater. Like that's like, that's t- top tier. Next tier would be like, I'm glad I saw this movie, but I don't need to see it again tier below that would be like, I'm glad I saw this movie and I'm not happy. And I, but like, I'm, but like, I would definitely not watch it again if given the chance. And then like the lowest level is like, I wasted my time watching this movie. So your, your, your rating system's more like taking a, like a customer survey yeah, where it's very satisfied, satisfied, somewhat satisfied. It's like an end of, end of term, uh, rating for your, uh, professor. Like I just, (laughs) Never went to college. Maybe that's obvious. You have yeah. a, I, I noticed too, and you've mentioned this a couple of times, you have a alternate rating system that's somewhat math, math based. Monetary. You all, well, mon- then you must have a different one, but explain the monetary one. Cause that's like, it would, you'd have to pay me a thousand dollars to rewatch this. Movie. Yes. I, re- I remember that when we walked out of seeing 
uh, Fire the, Walk with me yeah. at the DIA, you're like, I wouldn't watch this again for $3,000. You couldn't pay me right now. Right. The the one I'm talking about is proportionate to the amount of movies that a person sees. Oh, yes, yes. Year. Like if someone sees the five movies a year, don't watch it. But if they mm. see 35, yeah, watch And that's, it. that's a big part of it too. That's for my like, uh, that's like my personal ranking would be the first one. The second one would be like my suggestion ranking. Because like if... If it's someone who I think is actually like, if my dad, who the last movie he saw was Ridley Scott's uh, Gladiator with me in the theater, uh, if he asks me how a movie was, I can just say like, yeah, it was pretty good. Because I know he's not going to go see it and then be like, you told me it was pretty good. But if it's like just some person who might actually take my advice of like what to fire up on Netflix that Mm -hmm. night, it's like, well what's your movie? How, how seriously do you take movies? And also is this going to, you know, ruin your weekend if you go and see a movie that like, you're not quite sure on. So, yeah. you know, yeah, that that's a big part of it too. Like, do you see four movies or 40 movies a year? So that's a big difference for me is, 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 is how I'll suggest movies. Okay. What about you, Ian? You're, you're a letterbox guy, right? I am a letterbox guy. Do you like, what do they use? So I subscribe to their uh, five-star rating system. Okay. I, I like the five-star. Um, I'm a thumbs up, thumbs down kind of guy. Siskel and Ebert, baby. Yeah. Uh, but that's just so, if you take it at face value, it's just, yeah. it's so hard. Cause like there's movies that would be tough to give a thumbs up to, even though um, I kind of still liked it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, but I also, you know, I value the, the credit of my opinion or, or whatever I want to say. Um, whereas I couldn't give a bad movie a thumbs up just cause I liked it in that scenario. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm I, in that scenario. I'm like kind of treating it as like a recommendation. So if a movie based on your rating system, let's say you give it a 2.5, is that a dive in or a dip out? That's going to be a, is that a case by case basis? It's case by case, but it's a dip out usually. Okay. So I yeah, I like the five star system. I use that. Um, now my medium's a. It's going to sound strange, but my median's a little higher. Mm-hmm. I I put a movie that I think does its job. It's watchable. I think I could recommend it to anybody. And he's like, you're going to get a nice. You're going to still enjoy watching this, but it might might not be groundbreaking or anything like that or blow Mm. you away. That's a three-star movie to me. And then as a three and a half, four and above, all the way up to five, those are when movies start to get really good. Anything below three is like, oh, probably like this is starting to, like you probably shouldn't watch this one. (sighs) Quattro Formaggio's question has got me thinking now because we're talking about a dive in or dip out being based on a rating that we give a movie. And it sounds like we're talking about a movie is a dive in if it reaches a certain rank up in in the ratings or ranking system. But what about movies that are fucking terrible one star movies well he does di- he does ask the, the his, his final sentence here that uh, asks if we ever give a zero rating for anything so that's something as well uh i i think i think we have a question i would ask uh for all of us is there a movie out there that gets a zero or a one a, an abysmal rating that you would also give a dive in for me the room have you have you all seen the room yeah, yeah. fucking terrible movie one star but it's 
I guess it makes a difference when you see it in the theater. I went to the main art theater, RIP, um, when when they had a midnight showing and Tommy Wiseau showed up. It was awesome. Everybody gets so involved. So so I guess it's it's the 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 fanfare surrounding it is probably what makes me want to dive in. But the movie itself is trash. Yeah, it's so bad that it's good. Uh, well, I would, I, and I absolutely agree with that. And yeah, that's the kind of I, what I like about the dip dive uh, kind of uh, harsh uh, dichotomy. There is that it there because there's movies I always talk about like like I I think the movie The Phantom Thread is a very good movie but I never want to watch that movie again. Mm-hmm. And then there are movies that I think are bad movies. Like I really love the movie Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. It's really, really bad, but I love that movie so much and I want to watch it all the time. And so it, it, that's what I love about movies too, is like you could see a movie as being objectively bad, but still love watching it. And you could see a movie as objectively good, but it's still not that fun to watch. And that's that's where I sometimes think that like, you know, like I might say the movie There Will Be Blood is a, let's say, four, 4.75 out of five. But on my ranking of how much I want to watch it, it would probably be like a 1.75. You that's, know what I mean? That's interesting. For some reason, and I've talked about this in a previous episode, There Will Be Blood is one of my comfort watches. Like I could put it on. I've watched it many times. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> that you are so comforted watching that. that and No Country for Old Men is another comfort watch of mine. Those being comfort, just the word comfort watches is uncomfortable. Well, it, I don't know. I like, I, I can't, I can't you explain like extremes it. of the human experience. It's weird. And also uh, Zodiac. And then I'm starting to think there's got to be a pattern for some reason. You love uh, my yeah, comfort watches are serial like killer pattern. <laughs> serial killer suspense thriller movies that only came out in 2007. Oh, okay. That, that's, so that's it. Apparently Zodiac's a great movie. Like your, that's yeah. like your favorite wine. Yeah. Those are like three great of our great directors all put yeah. out great movies that year. Yep. Cool. Well, well so, thank you for the correspondence. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it sounds like Tom's a letter guy. Mm-hmm. Mike's a questionnaire Just, guy. Yeah. Questionnaires. And five tier rating system. Yeah. So Three different ones. That's uh that's our answer, I guess. So, um, I'll just drop this now. So if anybody else has stuff they want to write us, just email us at dipdivepod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at dip dive pod. I also love paper mail. So just send me something in the mail. You want to give out your address? I know. Okay. <laughs> send a raven. Okay. Well, um, that's kind of all we had. Uh, before, all right. That's our show. <laughs> for, well, at least just hanging poolside. So um, I think we can go ahead and, and do that and kind of just uh, get into this, this Ghostbuster themed episode here. Um, I thought it'd be cool just to kind of like talk about if, if you have any, uh, obviously, we're all nostalgic for Ghostbusters. I think it's it was a big part in all of our childhood. Um, I know for me, um, the Ghostbuster VHS, along with the Batman 89 movie, mm-hmm. um, were like the two most watched VHS tapes in my house. I just like would play them back over and over. I loved the Ghostbuster movie. Um and also uh the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon. The cartoon. cartoon. Love the hell out of that cartoon. Love the toy line. Yes, I would get the all toys. the toys. Yep. 
Uh, I still have my Ecto one um, car from that product line. I, the, I wish I had. I had mine. the firehouse where like the slime would come through Whoa. the top. I'm so jealous. I wanted yeah. the firehouse so bad. That was like my. I, I I was lucky enough to have the Ninja Turtle sewer, but I oh, I man. wanted the the Ghostbuster firehouse. How often would you put the slime through the roof? So until I, it ran out, right? I, I did it a lot, but the question or the the thing about it is, after a while, it. That that stuff, if you don't put it away properly when you're a kid, you never put anything away properly. Unless you did, Mike. I don't Definitely know. Definitely not. Okay. But yeah, this stuff dries out quickly. And uh, so I don't recall doing it too many times. But the thing the thing that really upsets me and, and makes me feel sad is all those toys are gone now. Yeah. Um, you know, parents throw them away. My I'm, parents did not. They're all still in their basement. Oh, well, shit. My I, nieces and nephews play with them today. Mine ended up in various garage sales and, and oh. donations to thrift stores or whatever. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I only kept the the Ghostbuster Ecto-1 just because I love that so much. It's missing the pieces. Um, I think it still has that like little claw thing that came out of yeah. the back on the drawstring. Nice. Uh yeah, man. I still. Uh, I was jealous of my cousin because he had the proton pack with the the oh, trap. I wanted that so that's bad. That's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. The trap. I I I, remember, I think I had those. I mean, it's just molded plastic. But when you're a kid, it's the it's like yeah. I was like, oh my god, it's you all have molded a, plastic. You have a proton yeah. pack. This is crazy. Incredible. Um. So I I don't. You, Mike, you're probably a little old for this one, but Tom, do you remember when they brought back like? It wasn't the the real Ghostbusters, but it was Extreme Ghostbusters. It was like late '90s. You guys remember this at all? Because um, kind of, it was kind yeah. It was kind of like if the um, the BK Kids Club characters yeah, became Ghostbusters. I do remember that? There's yeah, like one in a wheelchair and like all all this different stuff. Um, you, not ringing a bell for you, huh, Tom? Mm, can't say it. Can't say I never it. watched it, but I definitely remember seeing it. It was it was it was in the same universe as the real Ghostbusters, and it takes place like. Uh, the only one that's still around is Spangler and Janine and Slimer. And then they mm. teach this new batch of uh, Ghostbusters, you know, and it kind of just follows in that footsteps. Can't say I remember that. Tom, this one, you, I think you do remember. I jotted this one down because I think at a time it was considered canon. The was video game? The, the video game, the Ghostbusters so, game. Was it pl- PlayStation 3? Yes. Um, the really cool thing about this game was that it was voiced by all the all I the remember actors. playing it, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was dude, it was cool. It's a good game. I rented and played it. This is like late in my video game. If it was on PS3, it had to be. It, it wouldn't have been my time. So okay, PS2 is as far as I went. Maybe Xbox 360. Um, because I played it. 360 and PS3 were around the same time. Okay, so yeah, my first video game experience though, and God, it's horrible. Um, but there's a Ghostbusters game that came out for the NES. I had, for some reason, I didn't have a Nintendo. I had a Sega Master System, which was like Sega's version of the Nintendo. Terrible game. But um, yeah, the PS3 game is awesome. One thing that I love uh, from back in the day, which they did bring back in limited quantities. I've seen it on the internet. Um, Ecto Cooler. Ecto Cooler was high C Ecto the drink of my childhood. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people who went to the New York premiere of ghostbusters they were passing it out so i guess like the the official uh yeah, cooler set, recipe i'd love i'd love to get my hands on it even though i don't i don't consume all that sugar shit anymore, are you but. familiar with the uh kids drinking uh antifreeze because they thought it was ecto cooler no no that happened oh dear god yeah dumb kids 
Kids are dumb. Oh my god. Uh yeah, we kind of talked about this last week in our, our previous as- episode, but then we also had Ghostbusters answer the call, the 200 two, or 200 2016 <laughs> um yeah. movie. That was it. That was with uh Kristen Wiig. Uh I know Chris Helmsworth was in it. I was trying to think Melissa of Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um it's basically like at the SNL, uh, yeah, yeah, Ghostbusters movie. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. It had uh, the other the other two actors, Leslie uh, Jones, and yes. I'm struggling with um, the other person. Yeah, I don't remember her. Chris uh, Kattan. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving well, away my you're giving away my name. Dreamcast for the uh, the, the reimagined uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, save it for save it for that. So, um, yeah, just. Uh, I think my real big problem with that movie was like, I don't know. It was just, it, it's like it wanted to be its own thing, but then it was also just continuing to reference the original and kind of stepping all over it a little bit. And I don't know. It couldn't decide which direction it wanted to go. And yeah. Um, and, and I don't, didn't, didn't sit, sit well with me. Yeah. Um, I don't mind when a movie brings back shit and cashes in on nostalgia and fan service. But there's a, I don't know, there's a way, there's a right way and wrong way to do it. I know like, I think there was like a statue of Harold Ramis's head or something that was like on display in the movie, wherever, wherever, I don't know, one of the places where the movie takes place. And I'm like, that's it. Like, that's what we get. Yeah. Uh, as far as a, a throw, a callback to him and yeah. Um, I don't remember. And then bringing back, yeah, just bringing back the actors from the original yeah. a series, and yeah. but they're just everyday like one's a taxi driver, and, yeah. and it just was like Kate that. McKinnon, Kate McKinnon, yeah. that's her name, yes. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like the main yeah. iterations of Ghostbusters through the years. I was definitely on board for those first two movies and real Ghostbusters. Love that stuff. Um, I used, yeah, to, I used read- to stay home from school sick pretending to be sick just so i could watch the cartoon <laughs> i actually so i i got two really cool ghostbusters experiences from the first movie one when i was sick i would watch it what my dad did um because he you know when you're six seven years old there might be some scenes in the original ghostbusters you don't want your child seeing like dan Aykroyd getting a bj from a ghost you know that's oh, yeah. or you know things like that so what he did was uh, he he cut out uh, scenes and I think it ended up being probably, I don't know, maybe 35, 40 minutes or even less of the original Ghostbusters. So it was a more condensed version. <laughs> um, and, and it, The smack at it? Yeah. So, <laughs> the smack yeah. cut? So I was able to, I, I watched it, like I burned through it so quickly. I was, I watched it so many times and, and loved it. I mean, there, there are, a lot of scenes that were still in there, like in the hotel when they run into slime and all that stuff. But a lot of stuff was taken out. Um, but then years down the road, uh, some friends were watching Ghostbusters and I, I saw all these scenes that I never saw before. You saw the truth. And it was like getting a cool, like expanded, like double the length movie of oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so fucking cool. I like, well, and I do love, uh, I have, because I watch so many movies on TV yeah. as a kid, I do kind of love when you do finally see, like when I first saw like, you know, some like 
Sylvester Stallone, Steven Seagal, or Jean-Claude Van Damme movies on actual VHS instead of on TBS, I was like, holy shit, these movies are yeah. way more brutally violent than I remember than yeah. being on yeah. um, basic cable. I do love the idea that your dad would go through and be like, this is not appropriate yeah. for my boys. But I still want him to yeah. oh, know what the Ghostbusters are. I didn't watch it on VHS either. It was on Betamax. I, I, we, had, we had all the weird stuff. Um, you were a real Burger King family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's another. Uh, that reminds me of something. And this was something my brother brought up. He said, everyone is either a. Yeah. uh you're either a Sega Genesis Burger King family or you're a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo McDonald's family. Now, I was a Sega so Genesis McDonald's family. Yeah, I was. I was that. Yeah. Oh, McDonald's okay. Sega Genesis. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were a, uh, a we were a Sega Burger King family. What was your pizza? Oh, uh, I have a lot of memories of going to Pizza Hut. As a family, sure. eating, dining in, yep. dining in, um, video had, games in the lobby. They had the book it, uh, yes, uh, sure. program. Book it. Read some books, and I used to read uh, X X-Fi- Files. There were a lot of episodes that were adapted into novels, and I would read them and eat some pizza. Yeah, get um, stickers and earn like a free yeah. personal pan. Yeah, love um, a pan. That was the best life. That was a great life. The best is when they did the. Um, they had the uh, t- sponsorship with. Uh, X-Men, the animated oh, yeah. series, and you would go in and they had the two, yeah. first two episodes on VHS tape and you get like a little plastic cup and like a Wolverine toy. It was yeah. the best. Best. These days, though, got to go with Jets Pizza. Yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> Don't forget it. All right, guys. So um, I kind of foreshadowed this question to you prior to recording because I wanted you guys to come prepared and kind of think about this. Um, I thought it'd be cool for us to uh, recruit our own Ghostbuster squad. Because um, <laughs> we last week we talked about kind of like re- reboots and and all that stuff and our, our feelings on that. Um, so I just thought it would be fun for th- to do this. Now, it doesn't necessarily, ha- it didn't have to be your recasting Vankman and oh. all the characters. It could be, or you could just cast your own squad uh, of characters um it had to be modern working actors so um i want you to you go first Ian. you want me to go first yeah, I'd you like go you first. To go first yeah. okay so um i kind of i didn't recast the character the uh, original ghostbuster characters um but i did kind of keep in mind their kind of character type so this yeah, would be yeah. like hypothetically a reboot yeah, okay. but it's not like we're still not having Vankman and Stance, but characters that still yeah. kind of fill that void. Um, so in more of a Peter Vankman type role, they kind of like leading man will would have a love and stress, but he's also um, being a little sarcastic, giving off the jokes. I have Komail Nanjiani. Who's that? <laughs> Same question. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he well, well, he was most. He's a stand-up comedian turned movie star. Um, he was in The Big Sick. Uh, oh, okay, that okay. Guy. Yeah, okay. he was most recently in Eternals. Okay, yep. All right, All right. No, no, he's, yeah. Silicon Valley still on uh, watched heavily at my yes, house. Yes, he's so. he's on that yeah. show. Um, I okay. think he would be good as a Ghostbuster. Okay, okay. Uh, this might be another who's that for you guys, <laughs> um, and more of a race dance role, a, a Dan Aykroyd role. I could see this person being the guy that 
truly believes in all the, you know, ghosts and afterlife and all that stuff. And, um, is kind of dopey kind of brings that energy is Paul Walter Hauser. Who's that? So he, uh, most recently I remember him seeing, he was one of the, um, dog catchers in Cruella, the bigger guy. He was, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was, was in, in I, Tanya. I, Tanya, and he played the uh, in the Atlanta uh, bombing bombing movie. Yeah, the, that the, guy? the Clint Eastwood What's his movie? name? What's his name? Paul Walter Hauser. He's great. Uh, he's also in Cobra Kai. He makes an appearance in that for a few episodes. So, uh, okay, I see who you're talking about. Yeah, interesting picks. Yes, of, like all the actors, all the actors. I like them. Okay. Um, for my like Spangler type guy, okay. I okay. wanted to go someone that's kind of nerdy but still funny in in that kind of zone. Um, he would be the geeky guy, the guy that's building all the the equipment and all that stuff. I have Richard Iowade. Oh my god! <laughs> no, anyone? <laughs> Don't know who that oh is. Oh my goodness! He's um from across the pond in England. Uh, he was on that show, the IT crowd. Um. He was the voice of the droid in Mandalorian that uh, almost shoots Baby Yoda uh, on Bill Burr's squad. So it's, once again, it's one of these actors where it's like, I know I've seen his face, but I can't really give an opinion about him. He's yet. he's really great. He's really great. And for my like Winston Zedmore yeah. type guy, he's more the straight man, but still can bring some comedy. He's more of like the guy that's, uh, kind of like reluctant at first. He's just, you know, I don't know if I believe this stuff, but he he ends up buying in. Is uh, Lakeith Stanfield? Are you you got no? I know who Lakeith okay. Stanfield is. Uh, <laughs> he was in uh, is Atlanta. This like, is this like a like a straight in, to DVD? No, these no, are no. all great people. What's that movie? I lo- oh, uh, sorry for bother. Sorry so, to bother you. Sorry that to bother you. Great. He was in Get Out. Um, he's this really a good. great cast. He's really good. So wow, well. I misunderstood the question too because I only came of up course. with one character. Oh, well, wow. how did, well, what did you what did you think the question was? I thought we were gonna like do like a draft, and Tra- like I was gonna or like you know like everyone throws out one character. Oh no, dude! I, I well, you haven't. better start. We'll go to you last. You better start thinking. Okay, Tom. So, who who who's your next? Well, Ghostbusters before, squad. Before I shitting all over mine, Jesus Christ. Well, I, you had a lot of B movie actors. <laughs> B movies for for mine. What before is it, Jerry I, Seinfeld. Before I go into the actors, I want to set up the premise. I didn't want to do a reboot or a recast. I want to come up with a movie where it's sort of like the B squad of Ghostbusters and the lore. As it would as it would go, and this takes place after Ghostbusters two, where you know the original Ghostbusters they're kind of biting off more than they could chew, and they need to uh, kind of hire some outside help, so they create a B squad. And this would be like a Rogue One situation where it's the movie where like the reason why you don't hear about them is because they all died at the end, but they all died like saving, I don't know, uh, Egon or, or Ray yeah, Stanford. They were the night them. shift. Yeah. yeah. One of them <laughs> needed to get rescued and the B squad came in and saved the day, but they all died in the process. And I would be all about that movie. So, okay. None of my picks are going to make any sense. <laughs> okay. So- I wasn't thinking about 
actors based on the personalities of the existing Ghostbusters, I was thinking, who would I just want to see mm-hmm. in this movie? So my first pick, the leader of the Ghostbusters, and this is his first movie out of retirement. Okay. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Such a fucking weird answer. Yeah, he... like. He- I might have got the question <laughs> wrong, but... At least I didn't come with some bullshit. Dude, okay. Would you not want to see a Ghostbusters movie? Sir Lawrence Olivier as a Ghostbuster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'd be like, um, kind of think of like the butcher from uh, uh, Gangs of New York. walking all janky. Yeah. Jaunty. Um, So that would be my pick now. The goofball among the group. Uh, So, yeah. You? no, the, <laughs> like the goofball guy, you could say it would be like the equivalent of Bill Murray's uh, wild card. And I think this would actually be a good pick. Okay. Especially if it's supposed to take place during that era. Like think like late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Michael Keaton. Okay. Oh, come on. He's yeah. Great. Yeah. He would, he'd be, he'd He's be perfect great. in everything. Yeah. Okay. So we he can to- be wacky. I mean, he was Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, That's a great cast. My... My my brainiac. They probably hate each other though too. My 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 brainiac uh, character, which I know this is not going to make sense, but if you, the more you think about it and the more you imagine it, the the more likely it would make sense. But I was going to also having the third Ghostbuster alongside Daniel D. Lewis and Michael Keaton would be Tom Hanks. <laughs> come on, come on. Okay. A lot okay. of star power. Yeah, I could just uh, we are these are all Academy Award winning people. Or Keaton was close with Birdman. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I, 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 and, and Tom's I'm, going for the Oscar Ghostbuster film here. Yeah, no kidding. Well, so a biopic on Slimer. <laughs> a, well, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't get that far into who would be Slimer, but okay. So my Zedmore now. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of a great actor who would take his place and everyone I was thinking of was like, no, 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 no. And then someone popped in my head and for some reason- What just popped in there? I thought this actor would be, I would pay to see this. So, all right, you have Ghostbusters B-Squad starring Daniel Day-Lewis. He's going to say Denzel Washington. No. Okay. Denzel Washington (laughs) did cross my mind, but I said no to that in my head. Okay. So you have Ghostbusters B-Squad starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Michael Keaton, Tom Hanks, and Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Jordan. Would you want to see fucking Michael Jordan as a Ghostbuster? No. (laughs) No? No way. (laughs) Wait, so you're saying, are you saying if you saw a poster with those names on it, you would not see that movie? Are you serious? I mean, of course I would see it. I see everything. Okay. <laughs> God, c- coming off a of Space Jam. Yeah, <laughs> I just I wouldn't feel great about it. Michael Jordan. All right, so uh, m- much no- like our rating system, we're all divided on how seriously we took this. No reaction from Mike on my list, which is impressive. <laughs> I mean, cuz he's floundering over here cuz he doesn't have anyone picked out. I just it doesn't the the it's like a it's like a, 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 a list salad. Like it's like you just threw names at a wall. And we're like, it doesn't make the characters don't 
don't line up. It's just, I just don't understand. Well, you Winston some, is black, so you kept him black. That's why I Michael mean, Jordan. in fair, I did sort of too. So, but. Some of the, well, some of the characters that I considered that it didn't make it were uh, Gary Busey <laughs> and uh, Jackie Chan. <laughs> Jackie Chan just. Have you seen a Ghostbusters movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like thinking outside the box here. This is Tom inside a glimpse into Tom's mind. <laughs> All right. Well, my list that I gave a lot of thought to yes, put a lot of time. You worked very into hard this. on this list, I'm sure. I've put a lot of effort into let's, this. Let's let's see, let's see what you got. My Egon? Okay. Randall Park. Ooh. I he just I love him as that character that he played in WandaVision. Yeah. I just think like he could pull off the like being super smart, but like, you know, I I think he could say print is dead and I'd be like, yeah, yeah. it is dead. You're I like right. that. Um, I think he would be great. Uh, as my Vankman, Jake Johnson. Hey. Wow, that's so yeah. weird that you say that. Go on, we'll tell you afterwards. All go right. ahead. And then number three, as my Ray, Charlie Day. Oh. Charlie from It's Always Sunny yeah. in Philadelphia. I think okay. of him in his in his in his uh, Pacific Rim role, where he played like kind of a wacky scientist, and I'm yeah. just like, oh yeah, he could do it. Yeah. And then my Winston, I went a little off off here because I've just been thinking about her a lot because she's not going to be in the return of Party Down. Lizzie oh, Kaplan. Okay. She's yeah. played like a smart person, you know, ga- like like a scientist type character before, and I just think like I could see her being funny in it and stuff like that. One thing I like, I really like to put Janine in the, it too. Like, who would be a good Janine now? And Lizzie Kaplan could play a good Janine as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, in 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 the Winston role, you know, like he is kind of the straight man. You watch Ghostbusters too. And he's the one dropping a lot of the hammy lines. Yeah, all he a gets a little more slapsticky. He really does, and his hair's weird in it too. He has like an S curl. Uh, so like you could say like, hey, maybe like a like throw like a uh, kind of a slapstick actor in there. Like, but I don't, you know, I don't know Will Smith. Throw like you know that he, he's like the the kind of like catch all, you know, great black actor that you could throw at that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that was just the that was the, the those are my for that uh you know really after really painstakingly <laughs> putting a lot of time into yeah. it i just think that would be a great cast the randall park one was the one i had from the beginning because i just think i could just see him yeah you felt very confident in that he was one. good yes i think that the jake johnson one though is good too though because i think he could pull off like a event you know why it's good because i thought that too and just before you came over i said to tom i'm like tom this isn't my pick but um just the cast of New Girl as Ghostbusters. Oh it, yeah, it works. Yep. It does. It it really does. And so, then it's uh, who's the girl on New Girl? Uh, Zoe Deschanel. She's Zoe Deschanel. Yep. She plays Janine. Yeah. I, no, 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 no. I I put her in the um, oh, in the Vankman role. Wow. I, I she's the lead. But she's so like kind of like doe eyed and stuff. Hey, I'm putting her there. I'm putting Jake Johnson in the Ray role. Oh, so you didn't think about this. What do you mean? That's because that's terrible casting. She's like doe-eyed and no, like no, 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 no. innocent. Uh, Schmidt is is actually in the Spangler role, but he's not as he's just Schmidt in that role. But yeah. he's just super into his yeah. science. And then Winston uh, is Winston. Winston is Winston. <laughs> oh, the guy's name is Winston. Yeah, I'm basing this on a show I've never seen before, but like I'm thinking of her character in Elf. 
Uh, I'm thinking of her more from New Girl, but she, yeah, she's goofy. But yeah. I think she would be like she doesn't play the. You same need that one character, character that she's that been. um is the that everything kind of orbits around them, and then she just you flip the script instead of Vankman going after Dana, it's her character going after some some other person. I could see it. Hey, I've never seen the show, but good show. I could see it. It's a good show. Yeah. Well, um. I guess that's our recruits. Uh, if you have any of your own, write us at diptivepod at gmail.com. Or if you have any criticisms or praises about any of our picks. Well, obviously, all praises on mine because mine was great. Everyone has heard of everyone on my list. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if they're going to recognize any of the names from your list, Tom. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll see. So what do you guys think? Should we do some... Ghost trivia. Ooh, ooh. I, I trivia makes me feel good. Yeah, man, let's do it. Monst- Who are you gonna trivia? Monster Mash. <laughs> I got that. I just started saying Monster. Mash. Oh, that's right, everybody. Welcome to trivia night. Why didn't they put this movie out at Halloween? I think just because he got pushed back because of COVID so much. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't recast Rick Moranis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yes, I prepared the trivia this week. Uh, Tom, before you did it on um, our episode of Kingpin, yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. You did it on Big Lebowski. Uh, it made me realize how long it had been since I'd seen Big Lebowski, and it kind of put me to shame with how many I got right. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, you did pretty well in the, the Lebowski one. So Plan to do great again today. I ended up just re-watching the original Ghostbusters. That's where all this trivia is from, but these are the one, just questions that I made up. Um, are they only re-watch. about the questions from the smack cut? Just the smack <laughs> cut only. Are there is there a point system or are you just going to be throwing the questions I'm at us? I'm just going to throw them out okay. there and see what we get. Um, no real winners or losers, but... Uh, We'll see what happens. Right. Now, this kind of goes in the flow of the whole, the movie. I just did it as I was watching it. Mike, I know you mentioned during the week you you watched uh, Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Just finished it. When's the last time you actually saw the movies, Tom? Oh, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Ooh, I'm feeling good about my chances. All right. And some of these I was a little worried about because we'll talk about it in the movie, but they throw a lot of stuff in this uh, new movie. That it was kind of stepping on some of my trivia, so I was a little. So, oh, I'm so glad it warmed was, me up. These, I was these, sweating a little bit. So you came up with these questions. Yes, I, I, like, I like that. Yes. Uh, all right. So um, I, I have a decent amount, so we'll kind of try to go through them. But um, how much money does Dr. Vankman offer to pay each college student to participate in his negative reinforcement on ESP ability experiment? Ding. We got Mike. Five dollars. Guess. Uh, 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 twenty dollars, Mike. With yeah. five bucks, you can keep your five dollars. Yes, exactly. That exactly. All right. When asked, have you or any member of your family ever been diagnosed schizophrenic, mentally incompetent? The frightened librarian replies that her uncle thought he was a saint. What saint was it? Saint Jerome. I don't know. St. Jerome, that's right. Just have Mike answer the question. 2-0. <laughs> <Two and laughs> oh. 
After Spangler informs the group that the experience at the library was not a complete waste, as his new readings give them an excellent chance of catching a ghost and holding it indefinitely. Venkman rewards Spangler with a candy bar. What candy bar is it? Oh, that's going to be the crunch. Nice. It is the crunch. It is the crunch. Now, are you saying that because of this new movie? I'm saying because I saw it in his shirt pocket. Damn it. Yeah. It ruined my ju- my trivia. Uh, I thought about that one, too, okay. when they showed it. When Dana Barrett returns to her apartment, the Ghostbusters commercial is playing on her TV. What is the phone number for the Ghostbusters? Ugh, 555-4-2-2-3-4-7. I was going to say 4 2 8 we believe One. you. It's 555-2368. Goddamn, I was close. You were close. Pretty much any phone number in TV or movies is 555. Yeah. Uh, probably not more modern movies, I guess. I don't know how it works. Um, Let me ask you. Because I remember the full house yeah. phone number is 555-2424. So. I do love, you know, it's a generational thing that we all give our phone numbers with area code automatically. Yeah. And that's like, if you ask a person our parents' age, they'll just give you the seven digits. But we all just assume you need the, uh, the area code as well. Remember when we were 810? Oh, yeah. Yep. I remember when we yeah. were 313. Oh, oh wow. That's you're really old. Old-ass yeah. old bitches. <laughs> all right. When Janine is flirting with Spangler, she asks him if he has any hobbies. What is Spangler's hobby? Collecting fungus. That's, that's the answer. There's a little more to and it. And molds. And a little more to it. Uh, and fungus. Collecting, mold? categorize mold and fungus. Spores, mold, and fungus. There you go. Spores, it was a team mold. effort there. Collecting spores, molds, and fungus. All right. Here's a little bonus. Janine also tells what her hobbies are. Do you guys remember that? No. Nope. Reading. Yes, and? Reading and... I'm not going to know this one. Uh, she says, I like to expand my mind. I like to read. And I remember. And I also play racquetball. Racquetball. Real Sam G voice. When Venkman is checking out Dana's apartment, she says that he does not act like a scientist and is more like a what? Game show host. That sounds about right. That is correct. Okay. This one's going to be a little trickier, maybe. Venkman examines the inside of Dana's refrigerator and says, oh my God, look at all this junk food. There are five visible brand names in her fridge. Name those items. Diet Coke. No. Well, you're close. Coke. Coca-Cola. Perrier. Yes. Wow. Uh, Coke, Perrier, Stay Puft Marshmallows. Those are on the counter when she originally... Oh, that's right. Uh, I'm talking specifically in the fridge. Uh, Heinz Ketchup. Uh, they do not show that. Ready Whip. No. Cool Whip. No. So we got Coca-Cola. Classic pickles. We've got Coca-Cola. Better meat We got chips. Perrier. <laughs> Fago. I'm also looking for Oscar Mayer salami. Oh, yeah. He pulls that out. Wishbone sour cream. Okay. And Smucker's strawberry jam. All right. Classic. All right, what color, what, what's your color of jam? I like strawberry. Or raspberry. Grape. Oh, no grape. Strawberry. All right, dog. I didn't even know that you could get another color jelly other than grape, grape. until I was an adult. <laughs> All right, so this one, I, I this might be the hardest one just because I've watched this movie hundreds of times, and it's the first time I ever noticed this. 
When the gang is enjoying a celebratory meal in honor of their first client, there are three arcade machines in the background. Name those arcade machines. No way. Um, I know they're eating Chinese food. Yes. This is the last of the petty cash. Drinking Coke and Budweiser. Yeah. So, uh... Centipede? I don't know. I've never heard of these games before. Okay, then I'm But gonna... the reason it stuck out to me is because they seem so broke, but then they just Well, you have... know, because they're spending money on video games. I guess so. So, maybe maybe you guys have heard of these. Missile Command? You've oh, yeah. I've never heard of Missile Command? Missile Command I've never, is huge. I've never heard of that one. Wow. Star Castle? Don't know that one. Don't and then, that then one. this last one was a pinball machine, a stargazer. Hmm. There's a million pinball machines. So those those were in the background. Okay. So the Ghostbusters are called to the Sedgwick Hotel, which has a history of disturbances on a certain floor of the building. Twelfth floor. Which floor? The twelfth floor. That is correct. Any guesses on that one, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go with 12. Okay, good. So while they are exploring the 12th floor, Ray discovers a green, disgusting blob, who we know as Slimer. Oh, I thought that was going to be the question. I'm like, I don't know. Tom's like getting him to... <laughs> who in real life is Slimer based on? Uh, Pope John Paul This II. is the only one I got from the internet. I just knew this one. Gary Busey. Uh, who is he based on? Is it, can you give us hints? Uh, he was friends with these guys. John Candy. No. He was a... Ronnie Jim Belushi. Ronnie Dangerfield. There you go. John Jim Belushi. John Belushi. I said Jim. Uh, <laughs> the, one from, the one from CBS Comedy. <laughs> not the That's animals. my Belushi. <laughs> also from Twin Peaks The Return. Oh, yes. Okay. Vancouver. Really? Yeah, he's in that. Yep. He's one of the best parts of that. Yep. Um, Maybe why I won't watch it. Vankman hangs outside by a fountain waiting to catch Dana leaving work. What does Dana do for a living? You want to do... I, I, she plays the cello in the, in the orchestra in, in G, GB number one. <laughs> that is and he's, correct. She's the, best in his, she's the best in her row. This is, yeah. That's it. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I kind of felt with the Big Lebowski one. Did you not remember... Because in the second one, all of a sudden she's restoring art, and it's like, how the fuck yeah. do you go from playing the? Cha- but then she's like, I want to get back to playing in the orchestra now that you're older, Oscar. You're three months old. Uh, what a name for a child, Oscar. It's because she loved their salami. I get Oscar. Yes, there you go, Oscar Meyer. <laughs> she loved a guy named Oscar has, her Salami. Next, her next kid is Meyer. Yeah. Okay. Um, Spangler is worried about overcrowding the ghost storage containment unit. And uses a Twinkie as an example to explain the size of the psychokinetic energy stored within. A normal Twinkie size represents the amount of energy in the New York area. What is the size and weight of the Twinkie that represents the energy Uh, in the storage containment unit? It's like 100 feet long and like 6 tons or something like that. I have no idea. A Twinkie 35 feet long weighing approximately 600 pounds. Oh, I had the 6. Which... That's a big tweet. That's a big tweet. I love that they all love. One thing I love about the original Ghostbusters, and they even changed until the second Ghostbusters, and I love it about movies from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, mostly the late 70s, early 80s, is I love how regular people look. Like, they don't look all done up. Like, at the. Not to jump ahead to the new movie, but like, even at the end where they're like trying to like look like busted up, like they've been through some shit, like they look so done up. 
to even look like shit. To where in this movie, Dan Aykroyd just has cigarettes hanging out of his mouth all the time. I want smoking in all my movies. I want bad teeth. Yeah. It's just like, I love that shit. And it like makes me like, that. that's like they're eating just Twinkies and like drinking pop. And just, I just, God, I miss those days. Drinking so. pop. Who are you? Who says pop anymore? All right. So everyone. Lewis is you don't say pop? No. Fuck you, Tom. That's the <laughs> fucking worst thing about you. Get You're out from of Michigan. Shit. How the fuck do you not say pop? It's soda, man. Fuck you. That's so <laughs> gross. That's so gross. I hate that about you. Dude, it's just words. It's okay. Yeah, but like, <laughs> that's like choosing to like choose not to do something like that's such a Michigan thing. You, you dis- had to decide to stop saying pop. You disrespect the family. <laughs> oh, that's I, I fucking so. gross. All right. I'm with trivia. (laughs) (laughs) Trivia. What's worse about Tom? His opinions. In the state of Michigan, a beverage is often referred to. uh, (laughs) By all right-thinking people. Carbonated beverage. Okay. Lewis is hosting a party at the same night as Dana and Vankman's date. What activities does Lewis tell Dana he has planned? Parcheesy. No, he asks if they want to play Parcheesi oh. when they come in. Mike, this is true. Wow. Bonus points for you, though, because eventually he does say, who wants to play Parcheesi? They do, I think, karaoke? But this is trying to entice Dana to come oh. to the party. Karaoke? Twister, Twister and, and breakdancing. Breakdancing, that's right. Yeah. While possessed by the key master, Lewis interacts with three food-related items at the firehouse. What are those items? A hot dog? Three food-related items. Food or, and or beverage. I don't remember. We've got popcorn, pizza, and coffee. All right. Okay. Yeah, because she she asks she, he asks uh, uh, Dana, "Do I want coffee?" And she says, "Yes, you do." Yeah. Uh, and, and he I, drinks it right out. It's actually water when it comes out of the pot, though. So. I, oh, look at this guy. Because um, it's not been it's not been brewed yet. That's actually what I use. That that line from that scene is what I use in like pretty much all of my social media platform biographies. Because uh, they said, uh, "Lewis, do you want any coffee?" And he looks at Spangler, and he, yes, have some. <laughs> yes, have some. So my my bio is always yes, have some. I love that. All right, little Ian trivia. There you go. I'll do this at your funeral. The corrections officer that escorts the Ghostbusters from their jail cell to the mayor's office is played by who? Um, <clears throat> I don't remember his name, but he plays oh, you, Carl Winslow. Yes, yeah, he's, of course, Reginald, he, Reginald L. Johnson. L. Johnson, because he's also and he also is known to be the police officer in Die Hard. Die Hard. There you go. Comes always Christmas. Cop. He's always a cop. All right. When climbing the stairs of Dana's apartment, Bankman tells Ray to let him know when they reach a specific floor 20. so he can throw up. Well, did, did he? <laughs> which floor? <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. 20. Okay, I'm it's get, 20. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. Ray uses, or excuse me, Ray used to roast Stay Puff marshmallows at summer camp. What is the name of the summer camp? Uh, Camp Wana Waka Paka or something like that. That's close. 
one of think of, think of a, a fictional place in the Marvel universe. Wakanda. Camp Wakanda. Interesting. Yeah, it's spelled differently. And the last question I have here. Uh, let's just throw it to Tom, give sure. him a bone here, and let's see if he can get this. If someone asked you if you are a god, you say what? Um, oh, for fuck's sake. If someone said. Someone yeah. asks you if you're a god, then you say. Um, I don't know. I- I'm, I'm. Mike, what's the answer? Next time, say yes. Yes, there we go. That's it? That was it? The answer is yes. That was the answer? We actually get a callback to it in this movie as well. The new one. So that's all the trivia I have for g- g- that g- was Ghostbuster trivia. Ian, thank you for doing that. Yeah. All right. Did pretty good, Mike. Thanks, buddy. Rewatching that really had paid off. Well, and I think it's the decades of watching it multiple times a year this that definitely helps. This is true. All right. So, um,. I think that's. I also all. watched Ghostbusters too. You have no questions out of there. I did not rewatch. I got that one for one. you guys. Okay. The mayor has a butler in that movie, played by a, a famous pop star of the time. Who is that pop star? Uh, 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 Brown. Bobby Brown. Bobby that is Brown. correct. Because Bobby Brown also plays one of the tracks in the movie. But what's wild is he's dressed in like a very late '80s way, like a black trench coat, black suit. And he reminded me so much of the driver in uh, Die Hard that I was like, wait a second. Oh, wait, no, that's Bobby Brown. Anyway. There we go. Argyle was the driver. Argyle. I couldn't think of his name. That'll be for our Die Hard. Yeah. So there we have it. Um, I think that's a good spot for us to take a quick break. And then we can actually talk about uh, the movie we went and saw this morning well 11 a.m a nice That's early morning. matinee mm-hmm. um saw ghostbusters afterlife so yeah. uh let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about that movie you're a great mom i don't know i'm fine with trevor but with phoebe she really keeps me on the outside that's normal she's an awkward nerdy kid maybe a new home can be an opportunity to start fresh I just wish she'd get into some trouble. There's still time. What are you doing here in Somerville anyway? We're completely broke. And our grandfather left us this creepy old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Your father wasn't much of a homemaker. He could hardly keep the power on. You're saying he left us nothing? Well, I wouldn't say nothing. with the station wagon? It's the only one that had an engine. What is happening here? Somehow, a town with no fault lines is shaking on a daily basis. Maybe it's the apocalypse. Egon came out here for a reason. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? You experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? Oh my god. You guys hear that? Something's coming. City. It's like the Walking Dead. Phoebe! 
closed. All right, welcome back. We are here in the deep end, ready to discuss Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, let's just do a quick plot synopsis. Here's what the internet has to say. When a single mother and her two children move to a new town, they soon discover they have a connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Hmm. So that's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, this one, uh, we have McKenna Grace playing the granddaughter, uh, Finn Wolfhard as the grandson, who we know from Stranger Things, uh, Carrie Coon, who Tom and I know from Leftovers. The Leftovers. Yep. That's the mom? Yeah. I had no prior knowledge of her whatsoever never seen she her also plays the i think this might have been her first role she played the sister to ben affleck and gone girl um she's proxima proxima midnight in the mcu movies but that's all cgi stuff uh and then we get paul rudd um, love paul i can't get enough paul rudd so this movie is directed by the son of the original Ghostbuster director. So Jason Reitman is uh son of Ivan. Son of Ivan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, son of Ivan. Yes. Uh it was also written by him and someone else named Gil Keenan. I, I don't know who that is. Um now so we were supposed to originally get this movie back in 2020 around like around like uh fourth of July time. Um, but due to COVID. Um, it was delayed four times. So I think maybe that's why they had trouble lining it up with, uh, Halloween this year. So, which um, is, but it's just in time for Thanksgiving. People are going to be off. Hopefully going to the movies. I mean, and it doesn't feel like Halloween. It's just like anytime a ghost movie comes out. Yeah. You would think you would want to hit that because everyone's in the mood. Yeah. Um, but I think I still feel like this fits a Thanksgiving family time uh, feeling to it. So, uh, real quick, like always, before we jump into the actual spoilers of this movie, uh, we'll each go around and kind of give our brief, uh, spoiler free thoughts on this movie. So, uh, I'm going to hit it over to Mike to get his thoughts on, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Thank you, Ian. Happy to be here. Happy to be sober. The, uh, thing with this movie is it's, it's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. Uh, I'm definitely going to give it a dive. Um, it was it was a fun watch in its own. I thought the kid actors were great. It did it had it's funny because there were some scenes in it that we can maybe talk about later that I'm like, is this movie taking place in 1979? Like in one of my movies that I love from the past. Uh just with the kids' independence and stuff like that. Like I was just like, oh, oh right. I love a kids by themselves type of movie. Um, but I also loved, you know, they they leaned on a lot of like the feels of uh the nostalgia. And it wasn't so much that like, because there are times, and of course there are a couple grown laughs, but it wasn't so much that that it made me like hold them against, you know, like because sometimes when they do that, I'll like I hold it against them. Like it's like, ugh. You're doing that thing for me. I know you are. You're doing that thing. You're touching that spot for me. Um, but it wasn't, they weren't too heavy handed with that. So yeah, I give it a a wholehearted dive on this one. Right. How about you, Tom? Ghostbusters Afterlife leans heavily on fan service, leans heavily on nostalgia. And I am 100% here for yeah. it. Hey, absolutely. It goes without saying too that this movie is not 
it doesn't carry as much on its own as it does leaning on the original Ghostbusters. Sure. One, 1000%. But I give it a, I I'm diving so deep. Um, I had one issue with it. One minor issue with it, which we can discuss uh, when we go into spoilers. But aside from that, I thought it was great. I enjoyed myself. The acting was awesome. When you hear that music, uh, yeah. the, the film score. That. Um, yeah. Like, it's it borrows so much from from the original, but that's why I love about it so much. Gave me all the feels, made me laugh, made me feel some things. Um, diving deep for this one. Nice. I'm with you guys. This is a dive for me. Um, I really had a fun time watching this movie. Um, a lot of positives in this one. I I think we probably have the similar um, complaints about the movie. Um, there were two cringe moments for me, but I was like, I, I know why you're doing it, but man, that the way they did it was really bad. Um, but overall, like all the new characters I liked, um, good kid actors the, I thought the, the way the movie was made too, everything looked great. Um, I, it looks like they used some practical effects as well as CGI, which is mm-hmm. always appreciated now. Um, and these aren't bad things what I'm about to say, but this movie made me think of two things. Okay. Okay. The first, just trying to describe, trying to think of a way to describe this movie. Uh, This movie is Captain Crunch. Oops. All berries in the sense that like, it's all remember berries, all member this member that like, it's almost like they forgot to put in the actual cereal, the story and just throw a bunch of remember this at you. Um, And it also reminded me almost like, kind of like beat for beat or the same flow uh the force awakens it's all yeah. ju- it's all just new characters discovering the past there's even the the almost like in this movie it's like almost the ghostbusters were real it's the same in the force awakens where it's like the jedi they were real and like all this stuff and then the new people teaming up with the original cast to take down the big bad um it even goes i think a little further into almost like rise of skywalker terry with bringing back certain uh villains let's say i won't won't wait until we get in uh, spoilers but um to me oh go ahead no but that's kind of like where i'm at with the movie i still had a lot of fun with it I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Easter eggs and things they're just throwing at you to, to be like, remember this, but I do remember it and I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. like the Chris Farley skit. Like, Hey, do you remember? <laughs> yes, exactly. Awesome. Yes. Yes. The, you know, you were making comparisons to me. This could be compared to reminds me of home alone Two, not the movie, but just how home alone Two takes home alone one. Mm-hmm. You have the same villains. You have the same premise, just like a new location and throw in some new characters. Yeah. But yeah, um, Afterlife did pretty much did a lot of the same things that the original did. But I it's like, I know what you're trying to, we all know what you're trying to do. It's very apparent. But we like it. But yeah, I was, <laughs> I was for it. I, it just, it got me. It got me in the, yeah. that, that like, oh God, just seeing a proton pack go on and yep. the beam coming out of it and the, the yes. noises and the, the noise, the sounds, all everything. And yes, the Tom, I'm glad you mentioned it. The music. I think that's, and it's almost seeing it, seeing this movie made me even made me go back and appreciate the movie in ghostbusters yep. uh, overall, because it has such identifiable There's sounds. Nothing and else music. like it. 
And hearing it in this, it's just like, oh man, like you can almost put anything on the screen and you put those songs in there yeah. and you're instantly transported into yeah. the Ghostbusters world. And it, the music is so good. Yeah. There's so many movies. Like, like I think of obviously Star Wars goes without saying, uh, it, all the indie movies, yeah, and then and then Jurassic Park, I like I and then Back to the Future. Those are like the the score yeah. movies that like you put that score on of any of those movies, and it's like like my heart soars. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it. They did really good with that stuff. So, yep. um, but like we we all said that we don't think probably we don't think this is a perfect movie, um, but overall. We're all diving in. We all enjoyed this. I think anyone could go to the movies, even if you don't really know the Ghostbusters, which is really weird. Unless um, you're there. <laughs> Never mind. But you can, um, I think you can, anyone could have a fun time with this one. So it's, uh, it's kind of there to please every kind of everybody a little bit, yeah. I guess. So, And not the worst way though. Yeah. And not the worst way. So um, I think we could just probably go ahead and spoil the hell out of this thing. Now. Let's spoil it. Let's do this thing. So the movie begins with uh, Spangler on the farm, and and uh, he's Spangler. On he's involved. Yeah, he's involved in in some ghost shit, and uh, it ultimately are we leads, all involved in some yeah, ghost shit? It leads sometimes? to it leads to his demise. But yeah. here's what I love about that scene: you don't you don't his face is in shadow it's heavily implied that it's spangler yeah and and then you're like oh is it oh oh it is it is and like he takes out the pke meter it's like yes that is him because that's what he used so through through props through uh through story uh little signals yeah it's implied that it's him and it just it makes you feel awesome so let's go to the end (laughs) of the movie so the ghost of Spangler does make an appearance. I will say this. When you first see him with the other original Ghostbusters, because they do show up, when he's there for that like brief second, oh, I, I got a holy shit moment. A, they should have left it at that. Um, because then he's just hanging around. Uh, Ghost Harold Ramis is just chilling. He gets a hug from his daughter. He's hanging out with his gra- his grandchildren. He's like, you know, chilling with the other Ghostbusters, and they're talking to him. And he's just like standing there, nodding his head, not talking. And it's like it was so awkward. I did like it when you see when you first see him for a couple seconds. I thought it was fucking cool, but then he overstayed his welcome, and it was just kind of weird to me. Um, yeah, when I, they say in writing, kill your idols, I, I think they got fell in love like, with the CGI dang. ability to put him in there. I half agree with you. Okay. I do agree. Like it would have been cooler if it was just he's just there for the actual takedown and then he doesn't stick around. Yeah. Use it sparingly. Um, but I also do like just the idea, like I've almost pictured this more in a Ghostbuster comic mm-hmm. of the idea of one of them does pass away, but they remain as a ghost and they're still kind of part of the team. Um, I think that's really fun, yeah. uh, but just knowing that Harold Ramis is dead and just it it's it's kind of hard to do that separation. Yeah. So it, they they lean on it too much and it sticks around too much. Yeah, and, but I like the idea, and I, I will like, say that it did give me any moments that re- implied his death because he's actually dead. Like when, especially like when you saw like Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and uh, Ernie looking at him, it was just yeah. like oh, like. That's that's kind of 
it is sad because it's their yeah. contemporary. They're not their, you know, especially in Bill's case, not their friend necessarily, but like, you know, it's, it's, they're, it's history. made it more sad. Yeah. Fi- yeah. Finally, the, the movie really uh, missed out on a cool opportunity. So one thing that bothered me was that when Harold Ramis were Egon, everything's over. Uh, Ghost Spangler's just chilling, sees his daughter. And the daughter, you know, always thought that uh, Spangler, her father, was a piece of shit and abandoned the whole family. Turns out he was, you know, keeping up with her life and sacrificed everything, you know, for her and all this stuff. And and then they have this reunion of sorts. And he's going, they're going up to hug each other. I'm thinking, he's a fucking ghost. She's not going to be able to hug him. And I thought, how cool would it be? If she wanted to, but like passes right through him and it's a kind of a bittersweet moment. Like they do, you know, she does reconcile, but like she can't be close to her father, but instead she fucking hugs the ghost. Yeah. But that's part of the Ghostbusters lore. Remember? Cause the ghost that went, when they take spectral form and they can interact with the real world, you remember <sighs> they're stacking books and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. like, that shows that like the, the PK meter is really going off the, off the rails. So they can go through things and they can also not. Yeah. It, I mean, that's the way it's set up. Like I'm thinking of Slimer on the 12th floor. Yep. He's drinking a bottle of wine. He's yeah. holding it. But then at the same time, the, he, the liquid's just passing he, through him. Then, yeah. So it's, it's. They can choose to interact it's really, with things. Okay. You know, I think they play it fast and loose with the rules. But uh, yeah. These, I mean, if I, I took it, especially the way they set it up in the movie, like he can move the chess pieces. He yeah. can move things. So. It's when it gets to that point, it's for at least for me, mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. like it. I was like, oh, they probably can hug here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So just to get it out of the way, what were your cr- cringe moments? My two cringe moments were uh, throwback dialogue. Now, this, this first <laughs> one, you could see coming from the parking lot. It was like, I think I had a full conversation with you before it even, uh, where it triggered to me, like, he's going to say this. It, this is happening <laughs> is when they're in the jail and the girl says, don't we get a phone call? And the cop goes, who are you going to call? Great voice act. <laughs> Great line delivery though. He, he went for it, but uh, cringe as it was, you loved it. You're oh, laughing. Man. I loved it because it was so cringy. Yeah. I was like, wonderful. Oh my God, I can't believe they really went for this. And she does call Dan Aykroyd. That is yeah. true. And the other one, um, this one was a little more bullshit because they're stepping over an iconic line. But uh, when the mom's possessed and she turns to them oh, and says, God. there is no mom, only Zool. Yeah. Uh, it, Keep it, that in the first movie. Yeah. There. Just leave, there is no Dana. There yeah. is only Zool. So those are the two cringe moments for yeah. me. Um, other than that, like the stuff was pretty fun. Yeah, sure. At Almost everything was a thing a callback to the first movie. Mm-hmm. We even see the stacked books in, uh, in Spangler's. Spangler's house, you know, the car, the traps, the the equipment, um, all kinds of stuff. There's even, there's more dialogue that they, like rip from oh, the yeah. original movie. Um, but I, it, it hit me. It got me. Yeah. Um, now, so I kind of was like putting it together while I'm watching the movie and then they kind of like almost just come out and say it. But so Phoebe, the granddaughter, she's pretty much Spangler. Then we get, um, the brother, I forget his his name, but Finn Wolfhard, Trevor, 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 he's the Vankman. And then we get race. Yeah. We get podcast kid named podcast. (laughs) Fuck that kid. 
I liked him. I liked, I liked him. him. Yeah, I liked him a lot too, but it's just the fact that he's what? named himself podcast. He's he's the Ray. Yeah. And then uh the girlfriend is kind of the the and I, I hate to say because she's black, so, but I just mean hey, that she's the one more coming into this scenario. She's the Michael Jordan. And she's the more she's the Michael <laughs> Jordan of this of this group. Bill Simmons has this thing that if you compare athletes, you have to go cross cross nationality. Just <laughs> yeah, I so know. like because that so that way you're not always comparing white basketball know, players to Larry Bird. Yeah. But that's the way I got it. And then we I get understand. um the mom and um Mr. Gruberson. Uh, Paul Rudd, they're the Lewis and yeah. and Dana, pretty yeah. much of the, of this movie. Uh, so um, everyone's kind of represented. So it's almost like they kind of made their own uh, yeah. Ghostbuster uh, team here. It's like Ray Sky Ray. What's your last name? Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> Phoebe Ghostbuster. What's your la- <laughs> So that's one thing. So this child's name is Phoebe Vankman. Their last name is Spangler. Vankman. Spangler. I'm sorry, Spangler. Of yeah. course, but their last name is Spangler. Well. I don't think I don't think the mom took Spangler's name, or at least change, she must have changed. I thought it. she said at some point that at the end she does the Ray Skywalker. She's like, yeah, I, uh, she yeah. does. It's almost like she takes back the name in that moment. Okay, because otherwise, because it's such a unique name. That's how, what I was gonna get to. Is how, like, and it, they show the existence of YouTube, and so Google exists in because the kids are surprised. Like, you never told us. Sp- Our grandpa was a Ghostbuster, He's like Egon Spangler. <laughs> like, if you had the name Spangler, I think you're you looking it up. You would have put it together. So, to me, in, in the head, my head canon is uh, either the 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 grandma who we don't know who married yeah, Spangler. That's the other part that I was kind of. Uh, we don't know if she never took his last name or if the Carrie Coons character, the mom, just decided not to take the last name. But I'm just assuming they're not going by the name Spangler mm-hmm. okay. until the end where they reconcile with, uh, with, I, I checked INDB just to see if their fictional characters had last names and they don't. Yeah. So it's left open ended, but that's, that's where I'm coming from it. Yeah. Um, I guess like, it, so we could, I kind of talked what I didn't like and I wasn't that into the muncher ghost that much. With Josh was, Gad played yeah. him. Like, I don't know how you play that character. Andy circus. Um, not Andy. Well, yeah, not Andy. Sir. Josh. Well, Josh Gad played Muncher. I don't know why they casted or what he did for the the role. Well, I'm guessing like, it was just mocap, or just doing the sounds of it, or or something yeah. like that. Um, I wasn't that into it, but I was like, they're just trying to do another. Uh, As a slimer, slimer. It's yeah. yeah, like I said, like with Home Alone too. It's it's same movie but different characters. Like. Old man Marley versus pigeon lady. Like, yeah, it's, it's that sort of thing. So for me, I, I think like what I enjoyed most about this movie, it actually was like all in the front. Uh, it was all the setup and bringing them to the farmhouse and them just kind of getting adjusted to living there. And I, I liked all the hanging out and all that stuff, but it, to me, I think like any movie, it's just like, okay, here comes a third act. This is, we just got to get through yeah, this. Yeah. Um, that was the weakest part for me. Uh, I think this goes back to previous episode, but I mean, why did we have to do Gozer and Zool and the Gozer dog? played by Olivia Wilde looking great? Was that her? It yeah, looked like her. It, it looked Olivia like Wilde. her. Um, but it's like, why did we have to go back to this well? And that's what I meant by Rise of Skywalker. It's yeah. Like, uh, the Emperor's back again. Yep. Like, I guess we're doing this. 
but fan service, uh, dude. It's yeah, bringing back the familiar stuff. It's 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 the taste we know. It's the taste we love. I I feel the same way. Like I really felt like the first two acts were the strongest acts. I love little town movies. Like I love like you know hanging out at the uh, all the kids. They all work at the same you know like drive in, and when they specifically what I was talking about is when they take the 1970s El Camino and the like the 70s yeah. square body tr- big body truck up the mountain and they're just driving around in the back of tr- of the El Camino and like music's playing and the wind's in the hair and I'm like this is like dazed and confused like this is awesome and like I just love teenagers hanging out with no supervision movies and I loved podcast it's, it's such a stupid fucking name I love that kid though he was so cute and he was so like precocious and funny and like he he had some really great line delivery like there's one scene where he just i forget what the question is but he just says no and it's just like it cracked me up because it's just like oh this kid is funny but and that was the other funny thing i liked uh phoebe's nervous tick of telling bad jokes as like her kind of like warm-up to try to get people uh to like like her more i like the jokes they were good they were good jokes but yeah, I like all that too. And yeah, the third act is the third act. You know, it was, it was as far as those third acts go, pretty good. Like I liked it because I especially liked, so they go to the tomb of Gozer where, where basically what it shows is uh, Spangler has set up like a booby trap with a PKE meter and like three proton packs that he stole that Ray mentions that he stole. Uh, and every time the PKE meter gets to a certain point, it, it nails the the, the pit yeah, with keeps them at bay. Yeah, and it's just like genius, and it's and and, and you know that then there's the plot devices. It shows when uh, Paul Rudd's character is was he the key master? Mm-hmm. Yep. When he's the key master, uh, sabotaging key master. it. Yeah, I liked it. So they, I just I liked that framing device of the of the third act. Like I was like, oh, that's a cool booby trap that he has, and then uh, it going awry and then that that's how it all broke out and them figuring out uh the uh the the trap that is the dirt farm and all that it was just it, it, yeah it's it's a little tiresome and you're like okay here comes the cgi bit but i was i as far as third acts go i thought it was pretty decent so staying on uh the key master and the gatekeeper in this one now this might be because I was a child when I saw the original Ghostbusters. It never really dawned on me that uh, the possessed versions of Dana and Lewis were getting it on. I never yeah. really kind of took that into perspective, but it really stuck out to me in this one because it's yeah. like, oh, man, like you guys are both possessed and are fucking against like your knowledge or your will like it was just like really like eye-opening to me like whoa like and i think that's one of the reasons why they made the baby in ghostbusters 2 like a baby because it's like don't make that don't make that lewis's kid oh yeah Yeah, so um yeah i don't know so i tom what do you got uh any more thoughts on on this movie you know as much as I loved it, I, there are some things that I'm thinking about that, I don't know, didn't make sense to me, didn't add up. Let's hear them. Um, well, one, I loved podcasts, but I, I maybe it's because he got more involved in the ghost stuff, but I, I get hung up on little things when I watch movies. Like he, like, until like the second half of the movie, just like stopped his podcast thing. 
Like he just wasn't doing it. He, like in the beginning, in the first act of the movie, he had his mic out all the time. And he was saying things, interviewing things. And then like the, 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 he put that away. Mm. Um, well, shit was getting serious. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Great material for the podcast. You yeah, know? Like, that's true. Save it for the pod, baby. Well, so one thing I, I thought was kind of uh, a coincidence, I guess, or just it's kind of stuck out to me because so with the podcast character, there's almost an identical character in the new mighty ducks game changer show oh really there's a a chubbier kid uh nerdier kid who is always walking around with his podcast recording device Hmm. uh talking to people and plays almost the same exact character with the same almost same exact motivations and it also reminded me of um uh godzilla vs kong or whatever yeah godzilla or whatever it was called uh, they were about podcasts as well. So yep. it's, I feel like that's the new trope yeah. in uh, the movies we're going to be seeing. Maybe who will play us in a future movie? <laughs> I don't know. That'll but be we'll our next. To, please send in your casting yeah, cast for people us. you've never seen us. Cast yeah. us. Um, I, I know this movie. All cross-racial, please. Yes. This Tom movie. This movie is all about fan service. And the one thing I was looking forward to the most was Bill Murray. I wanted more Bill Murray. I I could just watch him be himself because he's pretty much himself in like every everything. Movie so like let's that. let's go ahead and get into that because um, we up front they give us the uh, we get they give us Janine at the very beginning. Yes, looks great. So we get her Annie Potts. Annie Potts killing it. Yep. Um, and then yeah, at the end of the movie. Um, let's get your guys' thoughts on this. You, yeah, the, you, the Ghostbusters return. Yeah. And the thing that bothers me now here's, I know even before seeing the trailer, like you, you're not going to not have them in it, but they spoiled it by having them in the trailer. Never yeah. saw the trailer. So I'm glad for that. And so it was to the point where it's like, okay, when are they showing up? When are they showing up? And then you can see it from a mile away because in the third act, when, the kids taking down Gozer are struggling and losing the fight. Perfect opportunity for yeah. them to show up, which they did. Oh my God. It was so great. Yeah. <gasps> One thing. So obviously I love that we've, we've, we've gone on and on about our love for Bill Murray on previous podcasts. And I love him. And like, like Tom said, I did like that. They, they kind of leaned into his character, his Vankman hard. Yeah. Like his, how he was like, baby, I told you this yeah. isn't for us. And like how he was kind of like a womanizer and all that. Right. Like, I love that they leaned back into that, even though he's 70, he's you know, still got years that old, Vankman yeah. in him. Yeah. I will say, so him and Dan Aykroyd, man, they look like shit compared. Like Ernie Hudson is like Mich- Benton Harbor, Michigan's own. He aged. Did well. you know that he's from Michigan? He didn't know. Us from Michigan, us pop drinkers. He drinks pop. We stay young. And he looks great. Him and Annie Potts look fantastic yeah. to where Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray look like they've been like hitting the Coors Light hard. For well, the we, last we also years. get in the in the post credits. We uh, Sigourney Weaver returns as well. She looks fantastic. She's looking too. good too. I was so confused when her name popped up in the credits, and I was like, "Wait, where was she?" And then yeah, and then it's they, funny they it, did it right then. They yeah. instantly delivered. And you know they redid the scene from the famous scene from the Vankman. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, experiment. So I have two. I have two trivia questions that I came up with. What is spray painted on their door? Oh, it's something like "You suck" or something. Tom, burning hell, Vankman. Yeah, burning okay. hell, Vankman. And then I was going to ask you about the what? What's the one? What is the card that he does not? That the student doesn't get? That finally puts him over the edge. It's uh, a square. No, it's the wavy lines because oh. he says two wavy lines, oh. and it's and he goes, "I'm sorry," because it's three. Wavy lines. And uh, 
But then also the star, the five pointed star. Mm-hmm. And I, this is one thing that you like, she holds it right up, but it's upside down in the, in the, in the original movie. And that's cool. I wish someone had a little more attention for detail there. Maybe yeah. it's on purpose. Um, I don't know. So uh, there's one other extra or extra credit after credit scenes that I want to discuss, but we can save that for the, the last um, I wanted to see if you guys had any other really like thoughts on this movie. It's kind of like tough to really pick anything out because it's all just like kind of like you kind of in this movie, you know where it's going and yeah. you know, it's, it's all just to kind of get us there. So nothing that crazy happens in this. It's more just, them dusting off props that we like, but it still was fun. Yeah. It was the, the oops, all berries. Yeah. Um, newer generations who watch this movie, who aren't familiar with ghostbusters or are not nostalgic, nostalgic for it will not appreciate it or love it as much as we do. No. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it caters to a wide variety of people, like a, a much larger audience, but Oh my God, I love being a Ghostbusters fan, being, you know, growing up in the eighties and nineties and, and seeing this movie because it's, it's just, it hits you in all the right ways. And I'm, I'm completely here for it. Yeah. It's funny how, uh, you really have to like thread the needle. It's like, you gotta have like the Venn diagram of like the one circle is nostalgia. The other circle is new content. And you have to find that nice yep. circle in the middle where they, where they overlap. This is like about a 90, 10 split when yeah. it comes to original material. And, well, uh, and you know, I really loved, I really loved, uh, the force awakens, right? Oh, me too. So yeah. like, I loved the force awakens, but I hated rise of Skywalker and I kind of liked the last Jedi. And so it's like the, if, if you use our Star Wars uh, rating system, it's like they they nailed the Force Awakens aspects of this and they didn't go too heavy on uh, Rise of Skywalker for me, I guess would be my answer. And one thing I really will say is it leans heavily on the 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 casting of the of the child actors in this movie. And it you know, I would say that what's the the kid from Stranger Things, Wolf, fucking sweet name, uh, he's the biggest star almost other than Paul Rudd in the movie mm-hmm. that's not, you know, Bill Murray, or Dan Aykroyd. Uh and, you know, he kind of plays a small he's definitely uh supporting actor in this movie, you know? It's 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 the it's the daughter Phoebe who really pulls the movie and she's very compelling and she does a great job. She's she plays a awkward teenager well cuz like sometimes they put like not that she's not a pretty young girl or whatever, but like they'll put like the, it's kind of like the Rachel Lee Cook and the she's all that. Like it's like, yeah. oh, they combed her hair right and now she's great looking. And it's like, like it's like putting a, you know, you, you put the uh, head of the cheerleading squad in the captain of the cheerleading squad in the, in glasses. And then you just go like, yeah, she's a nerd. But it's like, she pulled off like the, I'm a little standoffish. One thing I didn't get, I have a question for you guys. Was she in summer school as like just an activity to give her to do because because the mom's like or i'll have you scraping asbestos out of the attic which don't do that that's how you get mesothelioma but so she was just going to summer school for like an activity like yeah daycare that's what i figured because uh she's obviously smart her brother wasn't going to school uh so must have been a volunteer plus they did say yeah they did say like it was june so I guess yeah, because they say all su- we're going to be here all summer. Yeah, 
So uh, there's so like she was buying paint though. You don't paint a place for you're leaving. The uh, the core area where all the ghosts come from is at like the top of the mountain, and you go down into it. Uh, but the teenagers go up to the top of the mountain, and they're all hanging out. And uh, the two main characters of that scene are sitting on like I don't know what you would call it's that a coal elevator. A coal elevator. Uh, no chance in hell am I sitting on that. You a little afraid of heights? I don't like the heights. It I looks old it. as hell. Uh, be exciting. Partying at night, drinking. I don't. Someone has a gun. Someone had a gun. <laughs> yeah. They- oh, that's right. Uh, just yeah, not not sitting on that thing. I my mind goes like, oh, we're falling down this hole. Yeah, I was very nervous in that scene. Really? Like, yes. I didn't think of that. I was thinking Ian was probably would not do this. <laughs> like I I I'm, I would do it though. I'm going to it's summer fun. school. I'm not <laughs> I'm not hanging out at the top of that mountain. I'd do it. Yeah, it'd be fun. I'd go to summer school if I knew Paul Rudd was going to be there. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was good in this too. You know, he's great in everything. One final thought. Yeah. Because I, I trust me, I love this movie, but I, you know there are some things that I have to shit on, and you guys probably disagree, Ian. I think you would like it. If I don't like something, you automatically like it. That's just, that's the rules of the universe. It's fun. I could have done without, well, what I wanted first, what I wanted more of, and you mentioned there's some use of practical effects. Um, I love it when practical effects and like special effects are used together. Uh, there's more practical in the original Ghostbusters. There's some in this, I would have liked to see more. What I could have seen less of were those CGI mini Stave Puff marshmallow guys. In, oh, in the little this. baby marshmallows. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought they were kind of like cute and shitty, and they got to sell toys. Yeah, I have a question for you guys. Was Paul Rudd supposed to be stoned when he went to Walmart? I don't um, know, because he walking he. He's, he's very happy to be there. Yeah, he's real happy to be there. He's real happy when he finds ice cream, and then he's like, "Ooh, blue velvet!" Like he just had like I'm stoned, looking for ice cream vibes. I was thinking of something completely different because I know had he he had already gone on that date. Yeah, he was driving. So I just figured he was smoking and why he was driving. I I guess in my mind it's like oh he was on his way back over there and he was like like they're gonna have a movie night or something and he was just getting some snacks. I think he was just going home. I think so too. So he was just. I did love the one line delivery where he said, "Do you think the kids want this? Some <laughs> unrefrigerated shrimp?" <laughs> just, you know yeah. that he just threw that out there himself. Yeah. And it's just so funny. Yeah, no, he was great. He was great so that nice. and and I mentioned in the lead up that like I like people to look a little shittier in my movies. And I thought of him specifically at the very end, his shirt is ripped <laughs> open and his hair is up, but it's just like perfectly up. And it's yeah. just like, ugh, like it was it's, perfectly cut on this, like yeah. the torn sleeve. Was like you could just cut. tell yeah. it's like, and it's just on his shoulder. So in the original, okay, can we do one more thing? Let's do it. All right. In the original, you could tell Bill Murray was just fucking over it at the end of that movie. Because if you remember, they're all covered in, shaving cream looking yeah, stuff he and he is not like he's, he's a, just like, he's like a little a little on his hair and it's just like you could just tell he was like fuck this i'm not doing yeah. this anymore don't cover me in that shit ernie van you know ernie yeah. spangler and ray are just covered head to toe and he's just like no i'm not doing yeah. it he didn't want he's to your leading so, man i love bill murray yeah any any final thoughts? you're not covering me in that shit either boys final thoughts no it was it was a great movie i i would definitely see it again yeah I, I, you know, re, why, celebrate the whole 
celebrate the whole catalog of Ghostbusters movies. I didn't make it to the Resurrection movie. Wait, what's the what's the one with the one that we didn't like? Answer the call. Answer the call. I didn't make it to that one in my rewatch to prepare for this one. Yeah, but I rewatched one and two. Still hold up great. Two's way more like the scares in in two are way more visceral and not as cartoony as in one. Love the Scaleri brothers. Yeah, the courtroom. That's great. Like that that had like Waldorf and Stadler from the Muppets energy. But like you remember like the heads in the in the train scene? (sighs) They're just like heads on stakes. Like that's Temple of Doom. Yeah, Yeah. like pretty realistic. So Ghostbusters. Hell yeah. And also if you're from Michigan, say pop. Don't be a dick about it. (laughs) All right. So I think that's all we have to say about Ghostbusters after and pop for now. Yeah. Um, but there's one thing um, I came across in my research hey. that I just kind of wanted to share with you guys um, before we close things out. Um, I, it was very mysterious. It was it's it's a poem, and I don't it didn't I don't, I forget who it's by. Uh, maybe William Shakespeare or something. I don't know. Billy Shakes? Billy Shakes. Willie Spear. I don't know. Jack um, Spratt? But I just thought this poem, wow, this really, it's almost like it was written for Ghostbusters. For busting ghosts? So I'm just going to read this poem to you guys, okay? Okay. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, who you going to call? If there's something weird... And it don't look good. Who you gonna call? If you're seeing things running through your head, who can you call? An invisible man sleeping in In your your bed? bed? Ow! Who you gonna call? (laughs) If you're all alone, I forgot how much build-up there is. And call. Mmm. If you had a dose of a freaky ghost, baby, baby, you better call when it comes through your door, unless you want some more. I think you better call Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, There you go. Love it. Excuse me. You're missing a line in the poem. Oh, I I only took out the parts where it's asking if you witnessed the ghost thing. So So you redacted the bust and makes me feel good. I did. That's the best part of the poem, but all right. Another part that I, I like about this song um, is there's just a random light uh, or random line that's like, uh, ooh, I heard it likes the girls. <laughs> it's so creepy. So creepy. And he says it twice in the song. So he's like, these ghosts are horny. That's why I played the instrumental version during <laughs> trivia. Because you, you didn't want, you, you didn't you want didn't our want listeners to getting get too horny. ghost horny over here. <laughs> ghost boners. Um, I mean, in the first one, Ray pretty much gets his dick sucked by a succubus. So yeah, um, I like the, I like the double the double use. Yeah, of the there word. you go. So that, yeah, let's just wrap this one up. Okay. Um, sure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dip Dive. Uh, this was us talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, I've already said it a couple times, but email us at dipdivepod at gmail um, or follow us on Twitter at dipdivepod. Until next time, cannonball, cannonballs, cannonballs.